I absolutely loved this episode so much, and I'm so excited for y'all to listen. Um, welcome to Like a Bigfoot Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, we are going to do something that I'm calling the 12 craziest workouts of Cameron Dorn. And if you haven't ever listened to our episodes before with Cameron, Cameron is one of the most energetic people uh, that I think I've ever met in my whole entire life. <laughs> I ran into Cameron a long time ago before I started the podcast doing a 50K in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and the dude was just awesome right away. You you just like instantly, you know, got along with him instantly. Just he's like a kind of guy that you just want to be around, you know, and a lot of that is just the energy that he puts off and the positivity that he puts off. Um, but turns out due to set multiple Guinness world records, uh, we've talked about him on the podcast before. If you go way back to episode 12, it's one of my favorites. I think I even re-released it as a summer replay a few years ago actually i combined his two episodes together so go check that out it's on the summer replays um back around episode 300 um but he set a record in 24 hours of doing burpees uh and then also set a record doing step ups in his apartments where <laughs> you're just you know stepping up onto a box repeatedly for hours and hours and hours so um this episode is in in kind of like the same vein as those, uh, except in this one, Cameron was just doing this stuff for fun. So we're going to go through his 12 craziest workouts. Um, and the thing that I love about it is all these workouts, the dude, every time I brought one up, he just had a smile on his face uh, telling the story. They... They're, you know, various levels of ridiculousness, like doing a burpee for a whole entire mile where you just burpee, up, jump, burpee, up, jump, and doing that um, for an entire mile, mile, which is crazy. Uh, we recorded this podcast about a month ago, and ever since then, it's really stuck with me um, because you know, we all have set goals for 2024. We all have big plans, big adventures, things we want to do. And Cameron reminds me that those plans that we have, those big goals we're training for are great, but you also have to find enjoyment in the day to day, right? You have to find enjoyment in the actual training, in the process and that's what this episode meant to me. And uh, I'm super excited to jump in. So let's do it. Uh, this is like a Bigfoot podcast. Number 366 with the great Cameron Dorn. You're one of the most like unique and badass and like elite athletes that I know. And I'm um, honored to have you on the show again, dude. That means a lot. You're on what episode 370 or something now? We're getting there. Yeah, somewhere around there for sure. Yeah, I'll keep charging for you, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, so I have like a kind of unique format that I want to go into in this episode. Um, you made a post on Facebook of all of these 
different workouts that you've done over the years that were like the hardest workouts that you have put yourself through for some reason. And the goal is that we somehow get to like some reason why you would do this. Um, but before we do, I know you had a really cool experience at the Marine Corps Marathon this year uh, with Mike Hudson. And I kind of want to just briefly hear about that before we really dive into these incredibly insane workouts. Yeah. Marine Corps Marathon took place uh, late October. Uh, backstory on that, Mike Hudson uh, and I grew up in the same town, small town, Ware Shoals. I was really good friends with his brother. and His brother taught me a lot about personal training, kinesiology. Mike was paralyzed while he was in the Marines. And just this year after Boston Marathon, I get a call or a text message in London. It's like 1 a.m. And Mike's like, Cam, I would love for you to run the Marine Corps Marathon in my stead. He has a, like a nonprofit rediscovering outdoor activities for people who have been paralyzed. Chris, right then I was like, I called him and I was like, dude, I'll push you. Yeah. It was game on. His wife had hotel reservations by the end of the call. Talk about taking action. <laughs> in 20 minutes, we were set. We just didn't have a chair. We had to make that up as we go. It was made in, uh, a, um, in Georgia by yeah. an actually paralyzed gentleman. Um, had a kid's bike tire. We did this for less than like 700 bucks on a chair. Uh, Mike weighs about 220 pounds. And we put him in the chair and just rock and roll and actually got second overall in the yeah. push with a homemade chair against like people that were rolling $10,000 super made. You know, it was crazy. It was, it was amazing. Isn't that race like so like spectacular? I don't know. Like the whole, the whole entire thing. I did the 50K there. I think it was 2019. Um, but you get to the blue mile and if you could describe that whole part and to get there while pushing an actual Marine has to be like just incredibly special. There was, oh, you know, on the 50K, probably mile eight for you, there was that steep climb. Yeah. Um, and I pushed him and we were doing like a 14 minute mile and my heart rate spiked. The craziest thing happened. Some things you just can't explain. But we turned on some jams like some Avicii and Fred again. And my heart rate just dropped down by like 20 beats. And we started passing people going down that hill at sub six minutes. Blind. And I'm like, dude, just just don't look at the data today. Just have fun with it. And yeah. we got to mile 11 on the marathon, which would be 18 for you. And, man, it's, it touches your heart because it was all people that were K or killed in action. And yeah. then at the end – it's the family members that are there, which is the most touching part. Like yeah. standing there and just saluting Mike. It was powerful, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What, um, in what way did that whole experience just like bond you guys together? Yeah. I, I, there's like a bond. He doesn't have children, but he's like, I owe you a child for this, you know, type deal. Um, him and his wife both. We have no, but he went on like a little speaking tour after the lieutenant governor of South Carolina wrote him a handwritten letter. He's been on the news, but I think it, I, the board bucket list gets overused so much. Yeah. I think you can try to do what you want to do when you want to do it, not yeah. just put on the list, but that will be with him for the rest of his life. And he's just so proud of the time too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, you guys crushed it like a sub four hour marathon together. Yeah, we still placed like in the top 20% of the whole race and we were passing people and they were just looking like, what? 
is going on? <laughs> I mean, dude, you have basically like you just jacked up pushing. You know what I mean? Like I would be like, this makes sense. Cameron's out there, out there going for it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I weighed two ten for that thing. I bulked up, and I'm pushing him. I mean, it was three hundred pounds. I was pushing. We had a, two wrenches that were full size wrenches in case yeah. of a tire maple syrup a boom box dude we were just jamming it was like the party crew coming through <laughs> that's amazing dude dude that's i mean i feel like i don't know I, you've done so many different events at this point you've done so many different endurance things whether it was like a self-made challenge or a race or or whatever but you've kind of like um developed this uh very unique kind of style of just like really pushing your limits and really going for it but doing it in such a fun exciting way like it's really inspiring for me to see that you know thanks chris it feels right instead of just going for a race win yourself it's still great to win races and i love going out and competing and winning but when you combine with someone else or yeah. a group or it doing for a fundraising goal, dude that makes it it's powerful dude how have you felt for like i mean you've been doing this stuff for a decade plus at this point how do you how do you feel about that like reflecting on it and you know where do you see yourself going do you see yourself yeah. continuing to just go and go and go or what yeah and man I'm, I'm glad you brought that up chris i think that gets overlooked a lot of people get into ultras or running and they just train and they do like two or three years yeah i've been racing now six, 16 going on 17 years that's crazy dude <laughs> dude I, and then Boston, one of my goals was to run Boston 10 years in a row. I'm at nine and I qualified for 10. So I am proud of that body of work. The consistency more so than just burning myself out, right? If I doubled down, I know I could run X minutes faster in a marathon, but then it would take the joy out of it. Yeah. And it's, it's all about meeting people like how we met at that race and then yeah. the experiences we can share. I want to be doing this for the rest of my life, not just here's a fast time and I'm out. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people like to stay with it or not get injured or, you know, cause that's the thing. Like, I feel like people go all in right away and then all of a sudden they're facing injuries and, and it's just piling on and then they lose the motivation. Yeah. I think you gotta be able to absorb the effort, like spend time building that base to begin with. And that's just easy stuff. Like, don't be crazy to go do a tempo run just because it's like, oh, I'm feeling all the caffeine. I got cold brew in my veins. Yeah. yeah. Out. Listen to some explosions in the sky. Take it an hour easy run and race the races. Like, when you go hard, go hard. Um, heart rate training has been a huge thing for me. And then avoiding just fats. Like if you're feeling something about training and it works for you, don't switch anything else. You know, yeah. you know what works and you enjoy it. You don't have to do high intensity intervals on a Tuesday followed by a crazy long session the next day. Yeah. Make it your own. Yeah. I feel like I need to hear this right now, which is one of the reasons why after your post, I was like, I got to reach out to Cameron because I do feel like over the last two years, I haven't fully like push myself as an athlete yeah. and we're just getting into 2024 right now. And I know for me, like that's a mode I'd like to get back into. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've definitely like stayed in shape. I still love trail running all of that, but there is something about feeling like you're an athlete, 
you know i think that's different than what how i've been feeling for the last few years you know feeling great still but not like in the same like athlete mode if that makes sense an athlete can mean a, a multitude of different things like we were talking offline it becomes ski season usually i try to change the modality yeah a lot of people's like i want to run x number of miles or cycle man don't beat yourself down. You already know if you're doing that, you can be a good cyclist or a runner. Yeah. Embrace like in the SWOT analysis, your weakness, like go learn how to surf, just yeah. learn something new. And then you get all these things that you can do and you're like, Oh, the world's pretty cool. You know, let's go do that. I love that dude. <laughs> well, so I'm glad you brought all of that up about, you know, kind of taking it easy for most of your workouts. Um, and that's kind of like, it helps you maintain health and things like that um because i think that's an important message to start with because now what i want to do is i want to go through you made this post of like the hardest workouts you've ever done uh just know right off the bat these are not workouts cameron does every single day these are throughout the years um but you said in your post that your experiences make you who you are and the fact that you experienced some of these, like we're gonna go through them because I have many questions about them, but like the fact that you experienced some of these like bonkers, difficult, insane, insanely hard workouts has made you who you are. And I think that's like a really cool thing. Yeah, and that's willing workouts. It's not adventures like climbing or races. Yeah. Those are like, okay, I decide to do this and things don't go off the rails, you know? These are, yeah. <laughs> Plan. So I got to ask you, like, what makes you decide to do some of these? You know, like, does it just click in your head where you're like, I haven't done anything hard for a while and I want to I want to see if I can do it? Yeah. Some of them are training for specific events. Um, for example, like when I did the ride inside for that length of time, it was because I was in the Pacific Northwest and that ride was a 112 mile ride before Pelotons and all that came out. Remember CompuTrainer? Yeah. Did you ever have a company I haven't, no. Dude, it ran on wind, Windows 95. <laughs> okay. I bought this comp trainer in Wisconsin at a silent auction. All right. And we were at a expo. I didn't, it was back in debit card days. They shut my debit card down at the Milwaukee airport. They wouldn't let me check it because it weighed 60 something pounds, 50 <laughs> something pounds. So I had to pay. There was a ping pong table. I hustled a guy. For $25, that was a check bag, and betted him 25 bucks on a ping pong game. I didn't have the money on the other end because all I have is a debit card that was shut down. That's how I got that comp track. <laughs> Wait, so you you were like, I'm putting all my eggs in this in my ping pong skills? Dude, that's all I have. Because if not, I had no way to check it. They weren't going to let me have it. And then I got it back to the Pacific Northwest. I was training for Ironman Cozumel at the time, and yeah. I needed something to train inside on. So that was within two weeks. I did 112 miles. My mother got me this crazy fake heater for my birthday. You know, perfect mom gift. Yeah. I put that fake fireplace. There's a fake fireplace, actually, in front of the copy trainer and just went dark, dude. Just like five hours on this copy trainer within the fourth ride that I had it. It knocked out 112. That's insane, man. I I am just like the to get it done that's the thing that's really inspiring with that is like not only just to like do the workout but like to get the bike to to decide you're gonna put a heater in front of you like you're just gonna get it done and see how it goes 
because you're going to Mexico in Thanksgiving when it's Pacific Northwest and it's cold. So that's it. And I, I wasn't going to leave that Compu Trainer behind. I knew I would ride 112 miles on it for sure. You were like, I'm going to ride this Compu Trainer home from Wisconsin if I have to somehow. If it needs to be done, it will get done. <laughs> um, all right. So that's one of the workouts. Here's what I want you to think about while we're doing this. At the end, I want you to rank like the the top three okay. like worst you felt <laughs> i yes. guess okay so we'll go we'll take them one by one because they were in no specific order i just thought about yeah. it yeah, yeah and there's yeah. more out there that i have but that's my top 10 that came to mind you know? okay i love this okay sweet so let's start with this <clears throat> um and i might pronounce things wrong we'll see uh you did three repeats up stelvio pass in italy and so yep. that's 20,000 feet of elevation gain, 144 switchbacks, and it took you seven hours. Tell me about that one. Yeah, so that's the border of Italy and Switzerland. Stelvio, Alfa Romeo, the car, they have a car named the Stelvio. It is voted in Top Gear the world's funnest road to drive because it okay. has 48 switchbacks. You yeah. go from 4,000 feet roughly to 10,000 plus feet. There's snow on the top even in the snow, summer. I go over there with Tom Knowlton and Oliver Hitchens, two of my buddies I used to race with on Setonia Club in England. Okay. Um, I was flying EasyJet. They lost my triathlon bike, Chris. <laughs> you have are having problems at the air airport, you know what I mean? Dude, so bad, you know? So they lost my bike. There's an Italian pro there. He then speaks up and he says, We're, can I rent a bike? He's like, I'll lend you my bike. I borrowed this cat's bike, climbed up on the – he didn't – I didn't even have a helmet because they lost all my gear. Then you're just yeah. like, I'm going to go for it. Oh, so we climbed. I just had a cycling cap on. The roads are still icy at the top, Yeah, up and down, up and down. My hands were so cold on the second repeat, I stopped on the way down and threw punches to warm <laughs> <laughs> and also like the just the idea of doing repeats which will come up a bit in here it looks like um that's hard to do mentally like i've done a few just on my local mountains here and yeah. it's never like by the second repeat i'm kind of like already over it you know what i mean yeah i like it you just clock in and then that was like the third or fourth day of our training camp yeah and just going up and like, how did you feel in that? Like, you know, were you like, was it getting to you, the altitude, the elevation? Like, how did you handle that? I think I averaged almost 270 watts for the whole oh thing. God. I was just throwing, my buddies went back to the place. We rented a little chalet, like ski chalet. They were back and I was like, I'm going for two more. And I was just myself. What were their, what was their reaction for that? Cameron just clocked in. Like I came back with those eyes, man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> those eyes yeah dude you see it every once in a while in athletes where it's just like nope we're going for it today yeah. and then did let me ask so you said training camp like the next day are you doing more stuff or what oh yeah we rode the mortarolo which lance armstrong called it the climb of death that's what it translates into yeah and it gained six thousand feet in less than six miles yeah insane like you will fall backwards on your bike if you're not leaning forward my chain split in half some spaniards put it back together that had a, a team there dude we were just the other tom got so frustrated one time that i've never seen anybody pick up his bike and throw it down and then he was just like shaking <laughs> he was younger than us he's tough as can be because he's a sprinter 
Yeah. But he just was like fed up with the climate, you know? <laughs> That's like like when you play in golf and you like take a bad shot and you just smash your club. Oh, dude, it, it, that place was magical. I really recommend it. Like 48 switchbacks. If you want to ride in one of the most beautiful areas, go do it. But you will, it will test you. Yeah. What, and when you're able, when you're, when you are cycling, cause a couple of these things are cycling stuff. Like, are you able to check out mentally or is it like, and just get in the zone yeah. or does it take a lot of focus? Like I know trail running takes a lot of focus. Are you going to face plant, you know? I think you can over there. They're really respectful and it's a known road for climbing. Uh, yeah. You have a lot of people on motorcycles going fast, but that was 2011 when I did that. Okay. 2010, 2011. Man, that was great. I mean, there was no cell phone you had on you or nothing. You just, you just climbing, charging. Yeah. Okay, that that one sounds like to me, just as a non-cyclist, I'm like that would be tough. But this one sounds insane. Five Murphs, which is a CrossFit thing, you can explain it. Back to back, so five of them right in a row, when which totals to 500 pull-ups, a thousand push-ups, 1500 squats, and a 10-mile run. Yeah. That was brutal. My buddy Green Beret came into town. Uh, we were supposed to be wedding dates for these couple girls. And that's when I was training for the Burpee World Record. And we're like, bro, do we really want to drive two hours and be these wedding dates for these girls? Let's just get a workout in. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like you weren't trying to like work on the muscles before the date or anything like that. No, we just got into it. We were having too much fun. And we just, we ended up just... And my car was a little iffy at the time. I mean, it yeah. still made it, but it was the old Land Rover I still have. It just was like, man, I, I think it's better if we just continue on. So we just kept doing Murph back to back to back to back, whatever. That's pop. And we had one apple juice from the vending machine and water that we shared at the Greenwood YMCA. <laughs> uh, dude. All right. So just when I'm looking at that, everything seems really hard. Um, I, I have done a thousand pushups one day cause I just decided like, let's see if I can do a thousand pushups yeah. and without getting into too many details, I will say my testosterone was through the roof after doing a thousand pushups. And I was like, just ready to, you know, take on the world. I was like, yeah. putting the moves on my wife and like all this stuff. Like I was just like, you know what I mean? I was like, I don't know yeah. what it was. The thousand pushups just did it for me. I don't know. Yeah. And the air squats too. Like we did it a split of a mile run and then we did 10 pull-ups at the bar. Yeah. 20. Um, then we did 20 pushups, 30 air squats. And then we cycled through that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man, dude. Soreness the next day. Or are y'all good with that? We were doing, I was, and still, I love just doing crazy different workouts. I think yeah. the biggest thing was our hands were kind of beat up from the pull-ups. We did switch our hands to chin-ups some yeah. too. So it wasn't a pure, that's one thing for any purist out there. Uh, They're like, hey, now this doesn't count. <laughs> there's always going to be somebody. I'm, I'm like, yeah, go do 500 pull-ups and we'll talk later, you know? <laughs> um, Dude, yeah. So what is like, I, I've heard of Murph before and mm -hmm. I know like, once a year, a few times a year, CrossFit gyms all across the country all do this workout. Do you know like the background of it? Yeah, Michael Murphy. Um, there was actually a movie, The Lone Survivor. He was, uh, it was a true story. They were there scouting a position in Afghanistan and they got uh, kind of pinned down. And then Michael Murphy was a big believer in physical fitness. Yeah. And he went out to a certain point 
to make a call in to call for his guys to get back up. And he actually got shot by the Taliban like seven times, but he knew he was going to get killed going out there. Yeah. And that, that's the one in his honor. They do on Memorial day. That's really cool. That's He's really a class cool. kind of, I think you and I would really get along with this cat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. This one, I didn't fully understand what it meant. So you're gonna have to explain this. The bench trail marathon for time with right. borrowed shoes. <laughs> Yeah, this is back where we met in the Appalachian Mountains. Yep. So came home during coronavirus. You know, there's no races or anything going on. My buddy tells me about this local legendary thing called you run 13 miles to a bench. It's like 7,000 feet of gain. Yeah. And then we're just going to like out and back and get the fastest time type deal. So my buddy Kyle, right now he's having a little baby at this time. At this moment. At this moment, there she's in labor right now. It's going down. Uh, he he's like, let's go run it. I forgot to bring my shoes to his house, so I borrowed his shoes. We went out and just ran in that time frame where the leaves were all over the ground. Yeah, crushed it. Had no nutrition, like twenty six miles. I think we took like two gels a piece. Yeah, and it was just one of those things. Like, man, that just happened on a Tuesday morning, random with seven thousand feet a game. I love that, dude. So, do you think like? having done all these things over all these years, do you think people over nutrition or are you, this is not normal because it shows up in, in a few of these, like the lack of nutrition. Is that just something like every once in a while you're doing on accident or, or on purpose, but, or do you think like, you know, we kind of over, you know, nu- nutrition or over worry about that. I think on that, like Kyle's like a two thirty marathoner. So he's really fit. And yeah. then we went out and the terrain's just messy. There's really no trail for it. And there's just leaves. Yeah. So we were not going at a hard enough pace. We were kind of just burning fat. We had yeah. a water filter. Yeah. I think the thing is, is people over specify. There's so many brands trying to be like, this is the niche dude. Like on the marathon with Mike, I just took maple syrup and I yeah. get my body weight in kilograms times that number by three. That's how many calories I want an hour. If I'm going hard. Yeah. Then I'm ready. So that's the secret to mine. Oh, I'm writing that out. Body weight times by three. Yeah. That's kill- equals your calories an yeah, hour. Perfect. Gotcha. All right. I'm getting like little bits. And I, next thing you know, I'm going to be running with maple syrup, you know? It works no matter what you're doing. I mean, Dude, honestly, I just hung out with a whole bunch of Canadians. Like that's their like thing that they, they just live by that stuff, you know, in these races. Right. But yeah, um, okay, so this one was, uh, <laughs> this next one was a uh, point of discussion at work today between me and my coworker, because uh, we were trying to tell his eighth grade son that he should go do this one. But the one mile burpee long jumps, I'm assuming you're doing a burpee, getting up, jumping, and then doing another burpee, and you're doing that for a whole entire mile. At lunch break during my first job after grad school. <laughs> Shout out to Greg Rouse. He played for the Portland Timbers. We, we both, he was excited just at the time and he was working on it. This cat, we're like, dude, let's go do a burpee mile. And this is well before anything like I wanted to do the burpee world record. So we just left out, walked out the back door, turned our GPSs on of work, long jump, or we did a burpee into a long jump, into a burpee, long, and we're on the asphalt, no gloves. In a, like a warehouse area on the side of the road. I got it. Like, what did that feel like? I don't even, I can't even wrap my head around it. 
hands because you're sliding down. It was 50 something minutes, I think it was. And we were both just hopping because you can't advance unless you jump. Oh my God. They're good. I don't think I put like the lunge mile in there or anything. I forget if I did a mile or 5K one time lunging. That was brutal. That was in Texas. When does it start getting like where you're like regretting all of your life decisions? I don't ever think so. I don't ever do. I just, I just start laughing, you know? <laughs> when like how far into a burpee mile though are you like this hurts really badly i don't remember one time where it's just like man what did we get into but we just did the power of the team type deal we both like this sucks but this is hilarious like we did a burpee mile and we're going back to work like this this is our lunch break oh if my you God, can do dude. a burpee mile on your lunch break think what you can do in life that's Fun dude <laughs> That should be the theme of the, the fire. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm time stamping this because I'm like, this has to be known with, ev like, shared with everybody. Uh, dude, okay. So, yeah, Burpee Mile Insanity. I love it. so far the theme of all these is that you're finding buddies to do this with because nothing is better during a bad idea nothing is better than being out there with buddies and being like this is so stupid what are we doing but like laughing about it oh, oh, yeah going to that place together all right man so uh burpee mile uh lunge mile you didn't have on the list but yeah. lunge 5k um that after a while that totally sucks then yeah i did that one in texas i remember one me and my buddy we did a workout kieran uh, I talked to him actually earlier today. Shout out to Kieran Jones. And I was like, dude, we can go get beer tonight, but we got to lunge to the grocery store because it's a quarter mile away. So we lunge from my house to H-E-B. <laughs> like, we're coming up and people are looking like, what are these cats doing? I was like, nope, we got to get in the door. So we're just lunging through the whole door. And then we walk out and we see a guy at work. And he's like, good to see you guys. And then Kieran's like, dude, we launched over here. He's like, what do you even mean? <laughs> <laughs> we launched over here. <laughs> oh, my God. This is amazing. Okay, so that one sounds very difficult. It's the repetitive motion of it. That's the thing that gets to me, you know? That's right. That's yeah. right. Building power. Talk about, like, T levels. I mean, I get my blood checked every year. It's another thing. Always go. Dude, I got the testosterone levels of a 17-year-old, you know? Like, strength is still huge. Like, you can, when you just do endurance stuff and don't lift, man, as males, we don't want that. You get that skinny fat kind of type deal. Like, yeah. sure, you run everywhere, but you got to have some power. got to be able to couch. Yeah, I was just talking to a friend this morning uh, on our trail run about how, like, what, what I get out of trail running that's so meaningful and so special to me but then also what I get out of like going to the gym and strength training and how it feels different. Like if it's two different parts of this experience of like a physicality experience and yeah. I like them both equally. I really do. And there are times where I get out of whack with it and I always try to like remain as balanced as I can between the two, you know? Right. Yeah. That's key. Man. A little yeah. bit. Of everything. Yeah. Um, 20 repeats up Paris mountain. I want to hear about that. Where's that at? Um, what was that like? George Hincappy's Hill back where he lives in South Carolina. Okay. Uh, I think it's only 900 or 1,100 feet of gain, but no one really knew how many repeats have ever been done on it. So me and my buddy Ivan O'Keefe, who now lives in Mississippi, 
Dude, we just showed up together and started doing repeats. And we went from the sun came up to the sun went down. And that's the number we got. He did 17. I did 20. We stopped halfway and went to a Greek restaurant in between up the street, had lunch. Great time. Yeah. What was the, do you remember the the food of choice in the Greek restaurant? Dude, I think it was like heavy. It was a hero. No, it was like a lamb hero for real. <laughs> and we did, we took our time. I remember sitting in that booth with spandex on and be like, yeah, I, I'm good right now. We're taking our time out of this lunch. <laughs> yeah. So that was another 20,000 foot day for sure. Yeah. On, on a tri bike. That's that's insane, dude. Um, okay. Uh twenty-eight miles on treadmill with no music and no TV. And I think that one is probably gonna be shocking to people. Treadmill is hard enough. Treadmill, the dreadmill or whatever you call it, you know, it just it's it's kind of the thing, you know, when you used to like I, I don't know if you have ever had any jobs like this, but I had some jobs where I would work and work and work and in my mind, I'm like, okay, that was probably like two hours of work, you know? And then I look at the clock and it would have been like 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, this day is never going to end. I feel like the treadmills like that, where I can run and run and run and be like, I bet, I bet that was two miles. And then I'll look down and I've gone like a quarter mile or something, you know? Yeah. Like, that where do you tough. go? Where does your brain go during that? Full work day. So that started in the evening at like 536 o'clock. We were launching a gym in California. We just built a gym. So I've been doing inductions, been on my feet all day since like 7 a.m. And then a guy that works for us with the company, he took over. And I was like, well, it's my birthday because it was my birthday. I did it 28 miles. And then I had just talked so much during the day doing inductions yeah. and things. The plan was not to do it with music or anything. So I just – and. I don't like watching a TV or anything. I get, it makes me almost nauseous when I'm like bouncing on the track. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, let's just clock in. I had my journal and I was like, let's just see what comes out of this. And man, I clock and talk about clarity and just like feeling like he went back in time and got, I don't, that was a wild, that was hard. 28 miles on the treadmill. I think it was like a seven minute, um, probably 720, 730 pace, but man, no music, no TV just solo into the night yeah it's kind of cool to just be like let's see where my brain goes here yeah for sure and then sometimes you're like i wish my brain wouldn't have gone there why like <laughs> you know what i mean like I, you go if you like when i've tried to like sit with my thoughts the amount of thoughts that i have in like 10 seconds is insane yeah. and and i do think there's something to be said about just going out and quiet without anything and exercising because it's going to slow those thoughts down, you know, and clear some stuff up. Absolutely. Yeah. That one's, that one's tough, man. Uh, so 27 mile run in the Atacama desert, uh, where I just went and it was awesome. Uh, you found some oranges on a, uh, on a tree and you had a bottle of Coke in water and the temperature was a nice sunny 103 degrees out. Yeah, that was yeah. brutal. Yeah. Um, that was in, let me, I'm trying to think of the name, the t name of that town. It was an oasis. Wakachina was okay. the name. They go was out there, it, sandboard. Was it like north or like, because we were in the southern, basically the southern tip of the Atacama where we went. Yeah, it was from Juarez south, from Lima south, near Nazca. Were you okay. down from Nazca? We were by uh, Copiapo. 
Okay. Um, way More at the southern way. altitude. Yeah. yeah. So that was wild because I was like, man, I'm going to try to knock out a, a marathon in the dead. And it, it was dunes. We were, I was, I was solo on this one. And I went out with not even a running backpack, just a platypus, like 15 liter backpack with the Coca-Cola. And I did not have much that day. That yeah. was huge burst because they filled up with sand so much. They burst out the side and my feet were hot. Chased by dogs in that orange grove, but the orange grove was food. So I grabbed some oranges. I can roll. Yeah. That was one that I'm sure you, your mom didn't want to hear that story. Yeah. I think she's just kind of like now, like, oh, camera does camera. And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know if I ever told her. <laughs> she's listening right now, like dialing you up on the phone. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah. But it was cool because I maintained a good friendship after the guy I was staying with. He had a hotel and his name was Ramon. He checks in every year and he still remembers coming back. And I was wearing like a, a French Legion hat, you know, like the sun hat and everything. Yeah. Dude, he always sends the same picture and he's like, how you doing? You know, <laughs> um, what, what, um, like, are you fe feeling fear? Cause you're out so far in the middle of nowhere. There's no one else around. Like that desert is empty, yeah. you know, and, and you're out there and it's hard and it's difficult and your shoes are bursting. Like, do you, are you feeling fear? Are you trying not to think about it or how do you handle those situations? I think on that one, especially anybody listening, it's like, Oh, go do something crazy. I had a GPS with me and a hard copy map. Okay. So I planned it to go out eight miles, then go across eight miles, then come back. So essentially like a, a grid, right? Yeah. Then I knew I could either catch a bus in that area or run back into town. So I kind of veered off the last eight miles to make it ended up being like 27 or whatever. But I kept my heart rate low, especially because there was no water. Like that is the big thing. Like that was, I took, I got it on Strava. I think it took five hours and something in the desert, but you have to go easy because yeah. you could get yourself into real trouble. Yeah. And especially in the heat, like keeping your heart rate low is so key in that. Yeah. Like well, that's when people I feel like get in trouble is when it's a hundred plus degrees out and they're pushing it like they normally would. And you're yeah. like, no dude, it's a hundred plus. Like you, you have to adapt your behavior to it um, yeah. because it doesn't care. Like the, the weather doesn't care about you. I came up with, I did another run in Joshua tree during a heat advisory, like 125 degree. And I remember coming up on the acronym running cheat the heat. So cover up, the C for cheat is cover up. Two is the heart rate. Check the heart rate. Mm. Three is ego. Do not go pushing the pace. Four yeah. is acclimatize. So you should be there. I did not do that on the first day. I had been acclimatized to the heat by other stuff. Yeah. And then five is time. Like have a plan, stick with it. Don't yeah. go. Yeah. That's, I mean, dude, because. I mean, you hear about people all the time, especially that time of year in those places like Joshua Tree or yeah. I heard about one in Valley of the Fire, which is by Vegas. It's a beautiful state park, but you hear about people getting out there and just, you know, bad things happen because they're not ready for it. Or I think what you said there, the E, the ego is huge in that. Ego, for sure. Yeah. And the heat will just beat the ego out of you, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So this sounds out of everything we've listed so far, this next one to me sounds absolutely miserable. And that's two hours 
of an average of 300 watts of power on a road bike. My only experience with any like looking at wattage or whatever is doing like a Peloton. Yeah. And trying, I think maybe once I had it at 300, but it was only like 15 minutes and that sucked so much. <laughs> and, you know, just that is, it's hard to explain to people if they don't understand what that means, but that is incredibly hard. That's back when I was really in shape for triathlon. I think I just won collegiate national championship. Um, and I finished second in the nation on bike time by like 12 seconds. Yeah. Dude, I was just putting in these massive efforts. Shout out to Chris Olson, uh, my buddy. He's a little older than me, but we just came up with big ring workouts where we would never stand up. Big ring, hardest gear. Highway 72, which was a, a loop of about 60 miles. And we would do that through South Carolina. And then we're like, today we got all gears, but we got to average 300 watts, no drafting. Dude, we were side by side on country roads. And we were just, that was another place. Like my legs didn't even feel part of my body. Yeah. Like just pistons. I was like, piston, piston, just driving, dude. Dude, where does your brain go in those moments? The scary, now that's one part. I say out of the workouts, like seven to 10 minutes in, anytime you do it, you're like, oh my God, I'm yeah. throwing out so much wattage now. How do I keep this up? But he carried the load on that. And we both just looked back and forth. Um, and he was doing Hawaii Ironman that year. So he's like a nine hour, eight, nine hour guy. Dude, you just go out there with badass people. Badass things happen. <laughs> You're just trying to keep up. So your brain's just like, I got to keep up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. that's That should be on a shirt, dude. There's a whole list of shirts that have come out of the Like a Bigfoot podcast from good quotes. But like, you just do things with badass people and badass things happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's... Oh, that makes me want to throw up just reading that sentence. I'm going to be honest. Isn't there like a whole challenge for cyclists where you go as hard as you possibly can for an hour and it's known as one of the absolute hardest workouts that's around? And I can imagine that would be really, really difficult. Anybody's done a threshold test. I got a trainer outside and you just get on. It's the best way to do it. You just clock in and a 5k is so much nicer, more friendlier yeah. than an hour at your power. It, you just don't have anywhere to go. Like yeah. your head, you just feel pain with every pedal stroke. Within like the first two minutes too. Oh, and then you get done and you're just heaving. Like I've done them and you're just steaming no matter where. I can think about every one of them from all over like those have been great workouts not even listed from watching running man arnold schwarzenegger in a cave in england my buddy ollie and we were doing threshold tests brutal pain but the best <laughs> you're just yelling out and your voice is like morphing into arnold you're like ah! yeah, for sure for sure <laughs> Thre yeah threshold test that's what it's called man that and to do it for an hour, that's the thing that's crazy to me because I'm like, can you even pace yourself for an hour? Like, it doesn't seem like you're you're not pacing yourself. You're supposed to go as hard as you can for that hour. Yeah, you want to clear off that lactic acid in the first, like, five minutes. So you do, like, a five-minute interval beforehand to get that out. And then you just pedal easy for five to ten minutes. Then you go into it. But, man, you want to be aggressive because, like, if you're looking at your watch or watts, 
and it makes you mad when it goes down. So you're trying to like keep up with those watts and your average because you don't want to start off like this and then go down. You want to be steady. And then at the end, dude, you're just – I was watching Rocky Four. I mean, I watch old school stuff when I do this. Like I don't want to hear nothing soft, you know? <laughs> uh, dude, I – yesterday I did a Peloton workout, like first one – where it was an actual like workout thing um, for a long time. And I tried to go for it as much like as best I can. And when you're, I was doing a 30 minute workout and you're like 24 minutes in and like everything in your brain is telling you to quit yeah, and you just have to keep going. It's that does something for you. And like you said, towards the beginning of the podcast here, like doing all these really hard things, it just unlocks the world for you because you're like, I did that. Like, surely I can handle any adversity thrown my way. Correct. And that's what lessons learned we'll get to once we finish them. But that's how I see it. And I use it in other facets of my life. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so a couple more. Uh, one hour max sit-ups. <laughs> I don't, I mean, is that pretty self-explanatory? I have a feeling. That was great. I had a case of books because my feet were coming up and I tied my feet with uh, like cord that I would use to like tie into the rope <laughs> and yeah. lock them down and just went out in the back porch of the house in Texas and did as many sit-ups as I could for an hour straight. Did you count at all or were you just yeah. going for it? I think it was like 1500 and something. Like I was off the world record by only like 200. And I was like, whoa, I could probably do this if I trained for it. Right? Did it, did it make you want to go for it? Yeah. I didn't feel sore after core is important. It does. That when you do something like that, then you got to be like, Cam, what's the purpose? I don't need to just go randomly set an hour world record sit ups. Just chill out. Maybe <laughs> in a year. <laughs> um, all right. And then one last one. Uh, you have to explain where this is, but five one mile repeats in a row in Cusco. Did I say yep. that right? That's right. And that's above 10,000 feet of elevation. And you went with a buddy who's on Harvard cross country. So obviously, very fast human being. Yeah, brutal. So that's down where Machu Picchu's at. Okay. And I'd been at altitude, but I'm like, all right, it's time to run. So I just do it hill repeats, one mile above 10,000 feet start. But I mean, you go into hard oxygen debt uh, on one of those repeats, dogs. Did you ever encounter the wild dogs down there? I did not. No, thankfully. I, I'm like, honestly, with, you know, I think about Colorado and I think about the animals we have out here. And there's obviously yeah. like dangerous animals, um, but everyone thinks about mountain lions and bears. Right. Yeah. But I find like the actual scary animals out here are like moose. Moose can be crazy aggressive. Rattlesnakes. That's yeah. terrifying to me. But wild dogs like terrifies me a little bit. Like if they're chasing you and they're like pissed off at you and they're like just nipping at your heels. Like I don't really want to have <laughs> have that experience at any point. Same way growing up. That's why I grew up in a small town. The dogs would chase you, you know. Well, yeah. But on one of those repeats. It was Lucas and I. This I had the big Garmin 305 at the time. That dog jumps up behind a building. I mean, he was perfect, like stealth style, and grabbed right on to my Garmin. Didn't break the skin. I pushed him off. I'm like, what the heck? But that was repeat number three, and I still did two more after that. But I was so mad at that dog. I was like, get you. I got my ice axe back. I'm going to come up here. <laughs> was it still up there? The dog didn't show up again. I was mad. I wanted to go get that dog. Well, at first I always talk to, like when I've had experiences with like, I mean, I've, I haven't had any like really wild dogs chasing me or anything, but when I've had like 
getting barked at, I always talk to him yeah. first. I'm like, hey, man, we're all good. <laughs> That's right. Make eye contact. He just jumped out. of Like Peru has a ton of wild dogs, and I was down there for like 45 days climbing them. They just come out. But this one got the jump on me. He was a big dog. I mean, he was a probably 100-pound dog. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Any any other ones that you feel like are worthy of a mention here? Um, a good one. I'm I'm going down to uh, South America in three weeks and climbing with a buddy. I saw that, dude. You're gonna do uh, Aconcagua. Aconcagua. We're doing it fast, so we're flying in. Like I got an altitude tent on the bed, so we're doing it in half the time, jetting up, and getting out. Buddy of mine, James Logan, he's an orthopedic surgeon, and we were going to a training camp in north carolina right no we live in south carolina so james is like oh yeah you want to ride together i was like how did it go i was like you want to ride together i was like i said to him let's ride together and he yeah. thought okay perfect so he shows up at my house and i'm on the bike i meant ride bikes it's like 108 miles over caesar's head he's like what we rode bikes through greenville like the busiest intersections over the biggest climb like down there and then got to training camp and still knocked out a swim <laughs> <laughs> he, that story forever will be in his mind he's like that's always talking on the car <laughs> i was gonna give him a ride up i was gonna yeah. pay for gas <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing dude well like i said i think uh just hearing all these things is really inspiring to me um i don't i I'm at the point where I want to really try to push it again at some yeah. point and you know, whether, but also like, I think something that inspires me is doing something just to do it. And just to like, it doesn't have to be an organized event. No one else has to be around. Like, I just want to do, do something just to do it. And if you get crazy buddies with you who are like stupid enough to want to burpee or lunge your way or whatever, like yeah. it, that just makes it a more complete memorable experience. Yeah. I think you, you interviewed Bo Miles a while back, right? I did, dude. I'm so inspired by that guy. So Bo's like an Australian adventurer, uh, he makes these amazing short films like on puts them out on YouTube. They're the best adventure stuff out there in my opinion, but he just does really cool things to do it and to see what that experience is like. And, and to make it like, I don't know the way I look at it is like, um, we get our time here on earth and we get to make it as complete of an experience as we want. And I want to have as much of a complete experience as I can, have on this on my time here and going out and doing stuff like this is is one way to kind of like go after that you know completely agree man do it on your own terms and i, I think it's pure from a sense of adventure like i always say um i did a commencement address at my university i was like 27 it was a huge honor to be invited back to give it and i told the kids uh i really started thinking like what what's your motivations so the three G's like doing it for gold, not a good reason doing it for the glory, not a good reason or doing it for the girls or guys, not a good reason. If that's what you trace it back to, then it's extrinsic. But if you have that internal motivation to do something because you want to do it, all that stuff comes in time, man. Yeah. Don't do it just because you think about what someone else would think about. It, right. Man, if you got an idea or a project, that's how everything started before everybody started sharing or posting this or doing that. Do it because you want to do it. Your name's Chris Ward. My name's Cameron Dorn. That's a good enough reason. 
<laughs> Dude, I love that. I, I cut you off about Bo Miles, so I apologize. But like, I, I, you know, are you drawing inspiration from him or people like him too? Yeah, I like it because he does it like he does his thing. Like for me, I love going back home where I'm from in Waterloo and putting routes together or this, that. Man, that's what it's all about. You know, make up your own journey. And yeah. even more when you've got roots to it. Yeah, for sure, man. So I'll ask you this instead of asking you like which one was the hardest or anything like that if tomorrow i knock on your door and i go cameron wake up we are doing one of these workouts which one are you like this one i'm in let's go i'd ask you what you're in the mood for and we go for that one <laughs> is there any that i if i was like hey we're gonna do this You'd be like, no, man, that's not happening. Dude, if you came here to Laguna Beach and you were motivated to do one of those top 10, you got an open invite to whatever you want to be. And I guarantee you we'll have a great time. We'll just phone in whoever I did it with if there was one of those, you yeah. know? Yeah. And we'll let them know that we're starting on it. And then we'll see what words they have to say for you. <laughs> we'll just roll it. <laughs> I mean, the lunges to beer sounds great because you get beer at the end. You know what I mean? That's true. You can have beer at the end of all this. That's sure. true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, dude, uh, I, you know, is there anything else you want to add? Like, I guess I had this, I had this question. I was thinking about this this morning. Um, it was this idea of achievement and what it means and is it meaningful and why is it meaningful and all of that. And I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts about it because you've achieved great things and you are going to achieve many many more great things but like what does that mean to you personally because i think if i think about my students a lot i guess i'll say so they're all like 13 12 13 years old they're in middle school or i think about them in high school and to them achievement means one thing and i think to people who have experienced life in the way you have or other adventurers have achievement might mean something different and i just wanted to hear your thoughts on that and see if you can put that into better words than what i was just trying to yeah. do i think achievement i use the term scoreboard right everybody has a scoreboard in life or at least should what determines success or a win and if it's on your scoreboard and you want and that counts to what you believe counts in the overall picture of life do that make it your own but at the same time just don't get used to it. Like, I don't want to say this sounds like with complacency. Keep doing what fires you up. It's not do this one time, right? I don't believe I'm in everybody's like, oh, you should write a book or I always journal. But now is not the time for reflection yet. Minus like us talking on a podcast. No, there's still more to do for me while the time is I can do. Yeah, that makes and sense. Then, then that's that's it. It's it, the the end of one race is the start of the next, right? You cross the finish line. Just keep doing whatever that looks like to you. Yeah, dude, I love that, man. And that's that's what it means. Like, what's lighting you up? Why, like, why are you doing these things? Do they light you up? And do they bring you joy? And I think for someone like you who's experiencing, I heard this put to me like recently, like in the last year, someone said like, I like to experience life physically. Like that is something I like to do as well. And for me, that's the way I enjoy it. I know that's not the way everyone enjoys it, but, but 
I think it's important to kind of discover like what what way do you like experiencing life and and really like just following that and following a path of opportunities like you have and see where it takes you. Correct. That flexibility to do different things brings opportunity. Um, I was just writing a contract for one of our largest clients. This comes full circle because everybody's like, oh, those are hard workouts. So those are crazy. Dude, I can sit down and type out a contract or anything legal. <laughs> and I always think to myself, am I running across a desert with no water? No, I got a yeah. cup of coffee anytime. I got a fridge. I don't have to melt snow for water for three weeks. <laughs> That stays with you, dude. I can crush. <laughs> I'm in a temperature controlled environment. Things yeah. are just not that hard after you do really hard things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that, man. Well, dude, please come back on the podcast at some point. At I would love to be knocking on your door being like, we're burping today or whatever. But when you're out in Colorado, let me know, man. We'll we'll connect again. Uh I promise, dude, because I like I said, I want to see where 2024 takes me and I want to see what what kind of weird adventures I can get into. <laughs> yeah. Pick one you want to do. And when I'm in Colorado. We'll do it. All right. All right. <laughs> that sounds good. Man. Where can people kind of like follow your journey? Yeah, I think uh, Suitcase of Courage is our company website. Check it out um, on social media. I started an Instagram account last year. It's Dorn.Cameron. I had just been on Facebook, so I need to like bump up my instagram you know that's the cool stuff no. you're gonna bump it up by one today because i'm following you right now damn there we go no. <laughs> all right man well we'll talk soon buddy all right all the best chris all right Later. keep it up all right ladies and gentlemen that wraps up this week's episode of the like a bigfoot podcast uh huge thanks to cameron for coming on uh and sharing those stories with us i hope you all are now massively entertained and i hope you all want to go out and do something semi-ridiculous for your daily workout today. You know what I mean? For example, a couple days ago, I'll do this workout at my house where I do 500 bodyweight squats. Um, but a lot of times I'll split it up and I'll do it by like sets of 100 or, you know, sets of 150 or something like that. And the other day I was starting and I got to about 150 and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do 300 and I got to 300 and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do 400 and I got to 400 and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the whole dang thing without stopping. And I was able to rock out 500 bodyweight squats in a row without any breaks at all. And that is solely due to this conversation. And I know it's not lunging a 5K to go get beer or anything like that, but uh, but it was a challenge. And, you know, I think even as an athlete, we can get comfortable at times and we can get comfortable in a workout. And I feel like in that sense, I've been somewhat living in my own comfort zone for the last couple of years as an athlete where I'll go and I'll do my workout, but it's a workout I know I can do. It's one I know that I can complete because I've done it many times before. Um, and I feel like in certain ways, I've like become stagnant in that sense. Like I'm still exercising. I'm still being healthy but I don't feel like an athlete because I don't feel like I was 
searching for growth, if that makes any sense. I feel like I was just working out to stay healthy and not working out to grow as an athlete. So um, I did those 500 bodyweight squats the other day. I can tell you that I remember that I did those because my legs still hurt really badly. <laughs> so, but uh, I felt really good and I felt really uncomfortable in the moment. And, um, but I was just curious, I guess, to see if I could just keep going. And when I re-listen to this episode or think back to um, the stories Cameron told on here, it's that curiosity that really comes through. You know, he just wanted to see if he could do these things. And, you know, at times that got him into, you know, situations where it was really, really hard and is really uncomfortable. Um, and also just the, you know, uh, camaraderie involved in it. So I think you got this mixture of curiosity, getting yourself way outside your comfort zone. But a lot of the stories he had camaraderie too, because then you're there with another person doing this and you're pushing yourself together and you can kind of laugh at the ridiculousness of what you all decided to do. And I think that's huge. And I think that's super, super important in not just growing as an athlete, but like keeping this stuff interesting. And right now, at least speaking for myself here, we're at like this really weird time of the year where it is dark, it is cold. All my runs are not during the day for the most part. Um, I'm getting up and I'm working out in my basement or working out at the gym at school. And it's just not as adventurous, quote unquote, as like the summer would be. You know, when it's summertime for me or spring or fall even, like I'm going trail running, I'm exploring the trails around me, I'm going up into the mountains or into the hills and all that. And that like, you know, brings me so much joy and it like keeps me light, if that makes sense. And and by that, I mean like just like keeps my soul light. It keeps my soul happy. Um and right now, this time of year, that just doesn't happen. And so I find myself doing two things. First thing is I find myself watching like an insane amount of like, quote, like, quote, unquote, like adventure films or adventure series, uh, mostly on like YouTube where people go out and have an adventure. And I think I'm watching it out of just like, man, I wish it was summer out so I could go out into the mountains like that kind of attitude um and then weirdly enough at this time of year I always start watching Lord of the Rings again the whole entire trilogy in my top five movies I'm throwing it out there those three movies are so absolutely incredible um examples of filmmaking and and storytelling and and all that but i think a big part of it is like the filming on location part and being in new zealand part like that is so epic and it's just people going out their doors and just heading off you know like that's that's the feeling you get from those movies and 
I always end up watching it this time of year. And I never thought about this until I caught myself starting it again, like last week <laughs> or last weekend when it was negative five degrees out here. Um, I'm like, man, I think I'm watching these because I just, this is the a part of me that I'm not getting like completely fulfilled right now is the outdoor adventure part. And I just like need that in my life, you know? Um, but all that being said, this conversation with Cameron came at the exact right time for me personally, because I think I'm not getting that like outdoorsy adventure um, kind of part fulfilled. But I think what I can fulfill is just the doing difficult things part, like doing the hard stuff, you know, and whether that's burpees burpees suck man cameron somehow did a insane amount like over ten thousand burpees in 24 hours i don't know how that happened uh that is wild that captures my imagination because stop this podcast right now and just do 10 burpees it's hard it is difficult you know um but there's a feeling that you get when you push through those difficult workouts and so it might be something like that it might just be you know, something with a buddy, like maybe find a friend and, and decide to really challenge yourselves one day and see what happens. And I just think you're going to come out the other side with a great story, great connections, uh, and feeling good. Cause you just had a mini adventure, you know, sometimes our adventures are these epic things through the wilderness. Um, you know, Lord of the Rings esque. And then other times our adventures are, truly in our heads in just like hey i just i had to do this thing that was difficult for me and i did it and you can do that every day you have access to that every single day um and that's what this conversation reminded me of so uh this was an awesome episode thank you cameron for coming on thank you all for listening um next week when you come back please come back because this is Uh, We're going to talk about a project that I've definitely been following. Like one of those things when I just said I've been watching stuff on YouTube, uh, uh, like adventures. This is hands down the best thing out there right now. It's the best thing on YouTube. It's the best thing going on in adventure. Uh, It's called Project Africa. And this runner, Russ Cook, is currently running from the southern point of Africa to the northern point. And uh, which is even me just saying that like that doesn't capture it at all he's like over 200 days in um he has the sahara desert to go still um and he has this awesome crew of guys there's like three or four other guys uh crewing him but also filming him and editing together a docu-series on youtube and uh, i got the chance to sit down with jared carp jared carp's a filmmaker and part of the crew for Project Africa. So we got to talk all about what that experience has been like because it is a wild one. So you should, uh, after, after this episode ends, you should uh, go on YouTube, look up Project Africa or The Hardest Geezer and start checking out those videos. I promise you it is beyond fascinating. And uh, yeah, it just looks like an amazing experience. And their series really brings you in to what this would be like for both the crew and the runner 
and just what it takes to travel the entire length of Africa. So uh, go check that out and come back next week. Alrighty, we'll see you then.